Hello there and welcome to Community Life. Here we talk with the community experts about their life journeys and how they came into the community world. Today we have a conversation with Koresh Gafari, if I'm correct, a super helpful and open Waves guy and the founder of the Waves tool that saves your Slack community's conversations forever. So, hello, Koresh. Hey, hey, Yuri. Um... Thank you for inviting me. I really, really appreciate it. To be like in the same lineup as your season one guests is, is such an honor. And also to be your friends is an honor. Yeah, it feels like I tell you every every time I tell you this, it feels like we know each other forever, even though we know each other like for a couple of months. But let's talk about your profile picture on Slack and Twitter. Did your cat force you to make it? No, and I also didn't force my cat. And my cat is like my Pokemon. Um, <laughs> I'm a dog person. I'm I'm a dog person. I've always had dogs in my life, but um, I I got a cat over like three years ago, shortly before COVID. For like, I'm a super anxious person, and like getting pets is great for my mental health usually. And the cat was perfect. And I found this cat that is just like a dog and wherever I go my cat follows me and it's awesome so yeah he's my little Pokemon how how come you turned to cats after dogs I just love animals I, I don't really care like I, I really just love animals a lot um, like a crazy amount um, yeah I, I show me a dog or a cat or literally any other animal and I will I will lose my mind. <laughs> Tell me one funny story about your cat. Ah, uh, God. One funny story about my cat. He runs, sometimes he does this weird thing where he, go, he gets super angry for no reason, runs around the house, starts meowing a lot. And then he suddenly just stops and looks at the wall for like 20 minutes. I don't understand it. There's nothing funny about it. It's just, it's kind of sad. It's kind of crazy. I don't get it, but there's nothing funny about my cat. He's just, he's, he's my everything. But it's really funny, you know, maybe he sees ghosts. You never know. Yeah, maybe cats see ghosts. Why is his name Romeo? The first place that my girlfriend and I went to, um, the first holiday we went to, uh, went on together was in Rome. So that's how it came. Got it. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. Tell me about your parents. Who are they? Yeah, my mom, her name is Gelayul. She is a homemaker um, and side hustler she always has a side hustle like sometimes she's selling antiques sometimes she's selling uh like vintage clothing she's always out there for like her next hustle um she lives in iran right now where i'm from so she's still in the house where i grew up and my dad is his name is Daryush. he is it's the simplest way to explain it. it's like he's just a business person right um he lives in germany my parents are separated um, but yeah, yeah, they're both living their own lives, having fun. 
it was really cool to see them reinvent themselves. So they kind of got separated once I turned, I think, 17 or 18. So like my mom wanted me out of the house uh, so they can separate, right? Um, and it's been really cool to see them re reinvent themselves and like find new joy in life and like make new friends, travel around, just, just be happy. So yeah, that's them. How did you feel about them being separated? I literally didn't care that much. I mean, like, I wasn't, um, I think I learned that my, I think a lot of kids don't realize that their parents are people too. So they, they just look at them as their parents. They don't think about them as, hey, these are people too who have hopes and dreams and want to live a happy life. And um, when they separated, it, I just felt like, okay, these are two friends of mine that just didn't have a great relationship. And when they're alone, they're going to be happier. So I was pretty happy that they did it, that they took the step. Um, and yeah, that's how I felt. Do you visit them from time to time? Not much, because I can't travel back home to Iran, because then I have to go to the military service for two years in Iran. And nobody, I don't want to do that. Um, but they sometimes visit me in London. Sometimes I go to Germany to see my dad, because it's just super close. And um, my sister lives in Dubai, so my mom also spends a lot of time in Dubai. And every now and then I travel to Dubai, but that happens like every three years see them do you know how they met at a party in iran um my mom had just been engaged to a guy who was gonna be a doctor for three years and then it just broke off and then she met my dad shortly after that um and that's that's how they met i don't know the specifics of it though does your dad has a good sense of humor No, I'm going to be honest. He has dad humor, but it's like, I don't, it's just dad humor, but it, I'm starting to appreciate it more, but it's just, I don't know. I roll my eyes whenever he makes a joke, <laughs> but my mom has a great sense of humor. She's, she's very funny. Tell me one fun story with your mom and her sense of humor. Uh, God, I, funny stories are so hard. Um, <laughs> my mom has, um, okay, this is like a half sad, half funny story, but my mom has like this endless joy for life, like nothing can bring her down. And when we were walking on the street once, we were walking to a friend's house of my mom and I was like 12 or something. Uh, no, 12, like nine or something. We were walking to a friend's house, getting out of our car just to open the door to go to like a party. And we got mugged. Like a guy literally attacked us from the back, threw my mom on the ground, stole her bag and everything. And it was so traumatic. I literally couldn't go on the street for a year and a half or two years. But then after they stole my mom's bag, she just got up. Like she dusted herself off. She's like, let's go party. And then she just went to the party and she had a great time like she just she didn't really care she was just like it happened like it happened once who, get, who cares now it's it's not like a sense of humor but it's like always happy always joyful always looking at the good sides yeah. do you have this part in you 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do. Like, it's really hard to make me angry. I'm usually happy. I wake up with a smile. Like, I start the day singing. Don't ask me to sing anything. I won't. <laughs> this is literally this is the place where okay, I will sing. It, 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 will, it will be another. It's the next question. So, <laughs> no, no, I will not sing. But yeah, I am always very happy. Tell me one example of situation where you became angry. When people come to me with problems with no solutions, I don't get it. Like, whoo! okay, so you create a piece of work, you present it to someone, and they don't like it because that's their opinion, okay? But the opinion isn't based on anything. It's not based on experience. It's not based on best practices. It's not based on anything. And then they don't even give you a possible solution. It just makes me angry, which is just like, put your ego out the door. Like, let's try to work together. This, this makes me extremely angry. Um, anything that brings down speed of learning, of doing, of building, of just enjoying, makes me very angry. What do you do in those moments? I... Smoke the cigarette. <laughs> and then that's it. I just smoke a cigarette and I listen to some music. And that's that. Silently. Just. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so, a meme. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to say there's a meme of Ben Affleck, the guy who played Batman. I mean, he played a ton of other stuff, right? Where he's outside of his like apartment with a cigarette in his hand and like he. He just looks so mad at the world. That's me. But then afterwards, <laughs> I'm happy again. <laughs> okay, so if you will start smoking right now when we are talking, I will understand that you're angry. But okay, so... <laughs> I can't Let's smoke. I'm inside. Nah. So. Let's move you to yourself. Me. Let's move to yourself. Okay. Tell me about your childhood. From what age do you remember yourself? Like three, maybe? Also, I feel like I, or two, like I remember kindergarten pretty well. Um, yeah, kindergarten, like I, I genuinely remember the first day of kindergarten. I went there, I met my best friend there on the very first day. We've been best friends ever since. My childhood was awesome. Like I had a lot of fun time because my parents really had a, they were so busy taking care of my sister that I could do whatever I wanted to do. So um. when it was... One of those things, like, I wanted a video game that was, like, for 13 plus, and, um, and uh, I was, like, six or whatever. My, my parents didn't care. They were like, you, I feel like you're okay. You're not going to become turned into a murderer or anything. So I, I could do whatever I want. I, I, I played around. I had fun. I had friends. I had a great childhood um, because my parents really never put too much pressure on me. But also because I always delivered, like I knew that I had to earn the trust. So I also always, I was never like a crazy kid. How did yeah. you earn their trust? I literally did what kids are supposed to do, right? I guess um, never anything to make them worry. When I would go out and I would come home late, they would know that I would come home late. I'd give them a real reason that they know where I was. When we had exams, I'd always get good grades, so they didn't have to worry about making me study. At school, when I got into conflicts with teachers or whatever, I always handled them myself. Um, 
I always ate well, so I never got too much into junk food because I loved fruits, so I was always healthy. I generally didn't, I can't think of a single time any of my parents ever yelled at me because like we never got into an argument, like we never got into a fight, everything was always super okay. Um, but we get into a lot of fights nowadays about like very stupid things. So, for yeah. example, um, technically, I can go back to Iran if I do the if I fill out some papers, then I can go back home and visit Iran, right? But I'm just not going to do it because in London, there's the Iranian embassy. Their website is like it was made in 1995. <laughs> and people from third world countries will be able to relate to this. It doesn't work like hey, I'm going to take my papers to the embassy. They're going to check it and then they're going to say yes or no. No, it's like they tell you information of what to bring. You go to the embassy, you bring it to them. They tell you that's the wrong information. So you go back home, you come back again. Once you're there, again, it's the wrong information. Or something's not filled out or someone's not having a great day. So you go back home. No, I'm not doing it. And then it's just stuff like on the website, it says, call us if you want an appointment. So I call them and someone picks up the phone and in the thickest Iranian accent, it's like, hello, welcome to Iranian embassy. Please send us an email if you want anything. <laughs> you send an email in the email, they say, please call us if you want anything. I'm not doing it. I'm not going. I swear, this is the thing that will keep me from ever going home again. And it makes my mom so angry <laughs> that I'm not willing to put up with this. But yeah, this is an example of yeah. that we have yeah it's really fun it's it's really very similar to ukraine so i totally understand yeah i understand how it i works. saw in your face <laughs> that you can relate it's the worst once you tweeted that in high school you sold dried leaves as wheat and got paid yeah. in playstation games tell me more about that so in iran we have a little like not garden at our house but like property that was like a garden it's, it's super common in iran that you just buy property where you grow like fruit trees like we had cherry trees in there and one day we visited that place and the person who was taking care of the the, the garden he planted uh like wheat plants like we just saw that while taking care of the trees he was also planting his own trees right and um i took a leaf or two and back then i was like 13 or 14 and that's the time when boys usually turn into like let's try out everything And there was this one particular guy who just saw the cannabis leaf, which doesn't do anything if you smoke it. It doesn't have it doesn't have enough THC. I don't know. And he just asked if I would like sell him weed because he thought I was a drug dealer and whatever. So I didn't want to get paid in money because I didn't know what to do with with it. So I just asked him for PlayStation games and he would buy me. And he kept buying it for me, and I kept selling him just leaves. And it was like, you're not getting high, man. This is not a secret. I'm not trying to tell you that this is it. So yeah, I kept doing that. And then it turned into a whole business where we would buy and our currency were PlayStation games. Like I do your homework if you gave me a PlayStation game or something. So that's how the hustle started and it never ended. <laughs> you, you mean, uh, do you mean you're still uh, selling wheat like leaves and still get paid in PlayStation games? <laughs> I could, I would. If I could, I would, but no, um, no, we did that for like a few times and then I felt bad. I was like, this dude's not getting high. Um, this is basically like robbery, but you know, I was a kid. Who cares? As a kid, if you can get more places, I was addicted to gaming. 
it's like I just kept continuing to do it. It didn't harm him. So yeah. What was your favorite game? Uh, there's this game. It's called Kingdom Hearts, which is like a JRPG, like Japanese role-playing game, where it's a mix of Final Fantasy, which is like its whole own thing, and Disney characters. And it is so, so childish and stupid, but I love it. I love it so much. Um, I play it a lot. I, I finished every single game there is on it. Yeah, that is my favorite game, Kingdom Hearts. Do you still playing? Hell yeah, I do. Um, my girlfriend at home, whenever she leaves and travels, she travels a lot, like to her family and with her friends. The second she closes the door, I'm on that PlayStation and I won't leave. <gasps> oh, do you buy her tickets sometimes just to play games? <laughs> I, I literally did that. I bought her a ticket once to go back home and also a ticket to Paris. One year, my birthday present to her, where like as part of my birthday present, was a ticket for only her to go to Paris for four days to see her best friend. She loved it. I loved it. It was such a win-win. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Have you tried? Have you tried weed? Yes, of course. How did it feel? I I don't drink and I don't smoke weed because it gets me really paranoid. Again, like I'm a super anxious person and it helps some people calm down. With me, it just helps me think more. And the more I think, the less happy I am. So I don't think too much. And I also very much like to be in control. Um, but yeah, all of my friends smoke it all the time. I think it's a cool drug. Like if you do drugs, do weed, like smoke weed. <laughs> What are you thinking about? When I get paranoid, is this going to work out? Am I working hard enough? How are my parents doing? How are my friends doing? Should I check up on this person? Am I being productive enough? Like these kinds of things. Um, and they get me very, very anxious. So I don't like to think about them. You know? Are you a perfectionist? No, not at all. Absolutely not. Um, I over-prepare for things. So for example, right now my job is to redesign the entire app of the company that I'm working for. And this app is used by like a million people. And I'm the only person designing it, which is insane. Um, shouldn't be happening, right? Um, so the thing that's going to happen is that I'm going to look at the competitors and designs for like a month and a half, probably finish the entire design like the week before. Um, but no, I'm not a perfectionist. Um, I work in iterations. I get something out there that is good enough. I speak to the people. I get their feedback. I do it over and over and over again until something is good. Got it. Once you tweeted, Mount Rushmore plays as much smaller role in my life than I thought it would as a kid. Why did you care about my Mount Rushmore as a kid? Because I guess there's this other tweet that said like the Bermuda Triangle played a much smaller <laughs> role in my life. Like as a kid, you watch these shows, like these American cartoons, and Mount Rushmore always comes up. Like, like every show has Mount Rushmore in it at, at some point. So I thought when I grow up, like Mount Rushmore is going to be important. <laughs> like you better remember it, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> Why? Mount Rushmore plays such 
the history behind Mount Rushmore is also crazy. The guy who apparently designed it was, I don't know, there's a problematic story behind it. I don't want to say anything like inaccurate. But I saw pictures of Mount Rushmore and stuff. It's like, so tiny. Why go there? <laughs> I don't get it. It's like, what is your favorite? What is your favorite cartoon? Are we talking about kids' cartoon or are we talking about like adult cartoon? Adult cartoon? Hmm. I don't know. Up to you. Tell me. Uh, adult cartoon. I think it's Archer, which is like a story. It's like a story about a secret spy, and it's so problematic and so ridiculous and funny. But kid cartoon, I, I gotta go with the OG, the master, the classic SpongeBob. It's good, it's good. Um, also, there was this other show called Recess, where it was just kids on the playground. Also very cool. And Blue's Clues, Blue's Clues, so fire, so good. <sighs> yeah. did, you, did you study hard? No, absolutely not. At school, I didn't. At high school, I didn't study hard at all. Literally nothing. Um, and it kind of, I'm kind of sad about it. I kind of regret it um, because I, I just wasn't as I was curious as a kid, but not very curious about the way I had to study at school because my German school in Iran that I went to, we had this particular system where we weren't able to split up classes because we were so small. Usually in the German system, you pick seven courses that you can take and you just focus on them. We couldn't do that. So we had to do 13 different like subjects. And it was, it was too much. It didn't give you any time to focus on anything. I was just so bored always and I couldn't study. I hated it. I didn't do it. Um, at university though, I studied hard. Not that hard, but like I'd spent at least harder than high school. <laughs> what subject did you like the most in the high school and what less? Math. Love math. So nice. Like, I like it because it's, you're able to get a 100 on an exam. Like, we had German literature. You know, when you write an essay, to get 100, you have to be absolutely excellent. You have to, like, redo change something about the way we think about German literature. In math, if you want to get a 100, you just have to get everything right. I love math. <laughs> so it's straight to the point. Exactly. And it, the logic is always very fun. The German school system has something where when you are in your final two years, there are three levels of questions. Level one is memory. So just like write down this formula for thing. Level two is applying the memory use this formula to calculate something. Level three is kind of using, connecting the dots, right? They would say that, how do you calculate this specific thing? You've never learned the formula for this. So you have to think, yeah, but I learned this formula last year and we learned this formula a few months ago. If I combined them, maybe I could get to point three. So you could never get anything above 70% or 60% if you weren't able to connect the dots. And I loved doing that. So I always got zero on the memorization parts and I always did well on like the, the connecting the dots part, which was awesome. So much fun in, in math. 
Is it where you love to coding from? I don't code. I barely ever code. I never code, actually. Like, my knowledge of coding is terrible. I can read code. I can understand it if it's in JavaScript and Python. Um, but I was better at it like two years ago. Um, I never had that much love for code, but you're right. Now that you say it, you are right. The parts I enjoyed the most about coding were always like, how do you solve this? Like how many logic jumps do you have to go through to get there? I love that because it's, it's a challenge where at the end, it just feels so rewarding that you push your brain, like your muscle a little bit more and you found the solution and it just makes you feel good. Um, yeah. What do you like more? Pushing your brain muscle or your real muscles? Brain, 100%. So much more fun. Um, it's more satisfying. But um, I work out in the mornings before I start work. Um, that's okay too, but like the brain is usually more fun. How do you work out? Mm, naked. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the building that I live in has a gym, so what I do is I run for like 10-15 minutes. And then I do like weights. Yeah, that's, that's it. It's usually just whatever I know. I, I do specific parts of the body on specific days. Um, but yeah, I usually just use that time to like shut down before the day starts. Are you the first person in the gym? Sometimes, yeah. Um, and if I'm not the first person, it's because my girlfriend walked into the door faster than me. So... <laughs> Yeah. So it's because of you she's going there? Or you the going it, there because of her? The the way it always works in our relationship is that my girlfriend figures out what we're doing wrong in life. So for example, we're not eating healthy or we're not going to the gym enough. And then she tells me like we should do this. And then I start doing it, okay? She never starts doing it. And then once I start doing it, I have to then force her to do it as well. So it's not just me who has to get the habit. It's also me who has to make sure that my girlfriend has the habit. <laughs> so it was like that with the gym. She was like, we really need to go to the gym. And then I just started doing it. I got into the habit and then I had to start convincing her to go to the gym with me. But yeah. Once you wrote, hurry up, bitch. I need to get this bread. Your girlfriend to you at 8 a.m. because you took an extra three seconds to put your shoes on. <laughs> Do you yeah. like that bread so much as she does? I love I love getting that bread. It's what it's getting that bread is the best. I remember this exactly. It was um it was like two and a half years ago during COVID. Um two years ago during COVID, um when it had just started. Our university they they shut down, right? But our library was open. So every morning I would wake up at like seven to get ready to go to the library. And then I convinced my girlfriend to go with me. Um, and then after one week, I was just putting on my shoes in the morning and she looks at me straight in the face. Like, hurry up, bitch. I need to get this bread. It's like, what? <laughs> I started this. We're hustling because of me. Why are you saying this to me? <laughs> and you're late every time. <laughs> but yeah, it was a very fun moment. I love your questions about my previous tweets. They make me so nervous. I love them. Do you like being nervous? 
Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. How, how did you meet Lina? Uh, second week of university, we had a coursework together. We were just in a project together, and that's how we met. Was it random? Yeah, it was very random, actually.、Um, assigned randomly to the groups, so it was just someone clicking on Go on Excel, and then we were together. And how did how how did it work out? So. You just started working and then start dating, or you started dating and then started working. Work always comes first, okay? Hustlers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking.、Um, yeah, we had this thing where we started working together, then we just started talking to each other, and at some point, when you're comfortable with the other person, it doesn't really feel like you're asking anyone out on a date. It was just more like, let's go get lunch, and then we just started getting lunch every day together, and then at some point we were. Together in a relationship, and then she was like, "You gotta have to ask me out, though, because、uh, apart from that, I, if you don't do that, I'm not gonna be your girlfriend." <laughs> I just asked her out at one point. I was like, "Do you want to be my girlfriend?" Which was the, so cringe. I think about this, and I just want to shake. But yeah,、um, we got together two months after meeting for the first time. Yeah. And how did your project was? We killed it. Work always comes first, man. I got. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.、Um, but that set the tone for like the rest of university. I was in every project with my girlfriend. She always came to work with me because she realized that、um, if she doesn't do anything for long enough, it annoys me so much that one night I just sit down and I finish it all, and we're gonna get a good grade. So.、Um, I always pride myself that I got that I finished two university degrees, mine and my girlfriend's, <laughs> at the same time. She won't admit this, but she won't watch this. I, I'm gonna make sure that she doesn't watch this stuff. <laughs> We won't show her, so it will be disclaimer. Like Lena, please don't watch it. <laughs> Never. Exactly. No, 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 no. That's gonna make her watch it. We gotta write Lena watch it. Ah. Then、okay. she's not gonna do it. <laughs> I see. So exactly as kids doing, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, because I, it's the same with me. I can't forget uh, this uh, picture of man in a blue suit with very long fingers who approached you on WhatsApp, who told you that you haven't been in touch and he missed you. I'm just curious: was he aware that you have a girlfriend? I don't know. But you know, every goal has a keeper. We're all just playing football, so <laughs> shoot your shot. What did you feel when you received this message? I felt wanted. You know, I felt appreciated. Felt missed. I felt great. <laughs> <laughs> do、But、you yeah, receive? Do you receive these、uh, messages like from time to time? It's always、um, it will it happened during a time when when you have a new website you you know this like you're an SEO guy、um, you can sign up to these directories which are super simple to get your URL out there and get a few backlinks and just before that we did that where we just went through hundreds of like startup directories and we just put our information everywhere and then at some point you know the scammers are just gonna figure find your information and message you、so, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. 
And uh, okay, so let's talk about your celebrity experience. Once you had a tweet with 7,957 likes and 646 retweets. So tell me, how does it feel to be a celebrity? <laughs> oh yeah, that viral tweet. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was it was such a weird experience because if you read the comments, the first thing that people jump to, even with the joke, it's it's always hate, right? People always try to hate. And when that happened and I saw these like hate comments, I made it my mission to make to either like completely shut down the hate and make people happy again or make everyone my friend. So if you actually read the comments, there's people on there who are like, hey, you're an idiot. And I reply with, oh, I'm sorry for being an idiot and if you were hurt, but I thought it was funny. And then they're like, yeah, it was funny. You're a nice guy. And then they followed you. So I just sat down and I wrote so many replies to comments where people were angry and people started fighting with each other. And I was just like, calm down, guys. It's all good. Um, that was a weird experience so easy how hate just starts on the internet but yeah yeah do you always feel that you have to answer all hate comments i don't this was the only time i i got a hate comment like hundreds of hate comments <laughs> um but i feel like if i answered them all the time and if i were actually famous it would burn me out but I always hate it when there's like hatred and anger for for no reason when we could just like be friends, you know? So it didn't really hurt me at all when someone said you're an idiot because I call myself an idiot all the time, every day, you know? <laughs> so I'm the best at it. Um, it was just like, it made me mad that someone's day just got a little bit worse because of this tweet. So I was like, okay, let's make your day better again. Let's Let's become friends. So I just responded to them. So how many friends did you make from Zolf, from that post? Quite a lot. Like I got like 300 or 400 new followers. I would say that easily 75% of them were people who hated me, who like didn't like the tweet. And I was just like, it's all good. Like we can be friends. One love. So yeah. Uh, why can't But, we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Okay. Exactly. Just to continue this thread, every person I know who knows you tells that you are a very helpful and nice guy. So how do you build relationships with people? You just help them. Like, that's it. Like, just help people. I don't think there's too much of a secret about it. Like, help people for, for no reason. You don't need a reason to help someone. Make someone's life easier a little bit. It's, it's not like I have to cut off my arm anytime. Like, for example, when you ask me for Zapier help, It's two minutes of my life that's gonna make your life easier. Just do that. Don't expect anything in return. People can smell it. There's people that you meet throughout your life um, who always do this networking stuff where always like, let me introduce you to this person. Let me help you out in this person. But you can smell that they do it for a reason. So don't be that person. Yeah, yeah. I can totally relate to what you're talking about. Because when you're giving out to people and don't expect nothing in return, it works so amazing. Because like, yeah, it's like a few minutes and why don't help others? It's like 
easy. And what if it takes like two hours of your time? How do you feel about that? You gotta know when to say no. So for example, when a help request, for example, if you ask me, can you build this in Zapier and help me out with this, for example. And I know that in my head, this is gonna take more than two hours. It's just like, oh, this is a super complicated thing. I can't help you with this, but this is where to go to help yourself. I never say no. I always say, I'm sorry, I can't do this, but you should look at this article or Google these specific words, or let's build it together. Like get started on it. If it doesn't work, just let me know and I'll try to eliminate the roadblocks. So that's the caveat, which is giving, helping people without asking for anything in return. It doesn't work if you burn yourself out and you don't know where to draw the lines, you know? About burning out, have you ever had one? No, but I'm getting dangerously close to it. Like, wake up at 6 a.m., start work, stop work probably like 8, 9, whatever. Minimum 11 hours a day you do the work. Um, then you go home, you continue thinking about work. On the weekends, I also work full time. some point it's going to happen. I really got to be careful. So, yeah. Yeah. And how do you rest? I literally don't anymore. Ever since I started my full-time job. Before that, it was, I would work on waves full-time. So every day. And then one day on the weekend and maybe a half day on Sunday. Nowadays, it's I work full-time during the week after my full-time job. Like right now, I do stuff for waves. On Saturday, I wake up in the morning, I start work full-time. On Sunday, I do the same. I literally stop resting and it's going to, I need to figure out a solution. And do you, in general, like resting? I like, I like a very specific kind of resting. I like, when I rest, I don't want to have to think about anything. So for example, when I rest, I don't want to go for a walk with a friend and talk to them or like think about anything. When I rest, I want to give my brain like an absolute kill, like stop thinking. So, which means I don't, I don't cook food. I order it. I don't think about my health. I just sit on the couch and I do whatever I want. I only watch stupid TV, no movies that require me to do any thinking. It's just stupid shows. That's the only way I can really, really rest. Everything else to me then makes it feel like work, you know, um, I haven't been on a proper vacation with my girlfriend for two years because I've been just working and um, we're going to Portugal next week. And in my head, it just sounds like like work. I know I'm not going to come back from that vacation like rested. I'm going to come back tired. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Do you follow um, rules? Yeah. I can't think of the last time I didn't follow rules. I don't know. Um, in what sense do you mean? I don't follow rules that I think are stupid. But um, yeah, I do follow rules. Like, I'm not going to wait at the green, wait for the light to turn green at 2 a.m. on the street when no one's here. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm just walking, I'm crossing the street. I'm in general, I'm crossing the street. Like, come on. If there's no car, I'm crossing the street. Um, 
And if I think a rule doesn't make sense, then I follow it. I have a big problem with authority, which is also something I need to work on, which is um, I will do everything until someone tells me that I have to do something. I will not do it. I will. I hate it. So, yeah. Yeah. But it seems like you don't follow rules if you say that. Not because, crazy. I'm, I'm because... doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what are your relationships with food? I have a great relationship with food. I, in the way that uh, making food and eating food is so holy to me. It is. Imagine this. So, during the whole day I work, right? only work on my mind food is a time when i can go to the kitchen i put my ipad next to like on my kitchen like table and i start preparing the food i watch shows i take my time i really take my time even for the simplest dishes during eating i don't like talk to anyone i just like to watch my show eat enjoy have fun so for example I will never go to dinner with someone where that I don't like or that I don't love in the sense that eating dinner this time is so holy to me that if we're just okay friends, I will not waste my time going to dinner with you. That's my relationship with food. And I love fruit. I always eat fruit and I have so much fruit at home. What is your favorite fruit? Watermelon, then pomegranate, and then number three is a mix of two fruit, which is, listen, this is a secret, okay? You cut a green apple and a cucumber, you stack them on each other and eat them both at the same time. It is, wah, because you get the crisp apple with like, with the bite, you know, it's not mushy, but you get all of the juice from the watermelon, which from the from the cucumber, which is just water, so it mixes with the taste of the apple. You get everything. So good. Wow, it's uh, thank you very much. I, I, I've never, I've never even thought about it. <laughs> I will definitely try. And what is your favorite dish? Uh, an Iranian dish called Pormesabsi. It's a green stew with a lot of um, a lot of herbs in it. With um, a lot of herbs, the meat is usually lamb, lamb muscle. Um, it can be a lot of things. Like at home, we did it in lamb. And um, we in, in Middle Eastern cuisine, mostly in Iranian cuisine, we have this thing, which are aged, dried limes. Um, and you put them in a dish, they make everything so sour. It's my favorite dish of all time. For And when you usually cook, do you cook Iranian cuisine? No, I never cook Iranian. It's, um, it's too much work. Um, it requires you to really be at home for a long time, like watch over stew. So sadly, no. How do you think? What is the connection between food and community? It's just like a point of connection, isn't it? Like I can make a friend with 
show me a group of 100 Iranians that I don't know. I don't know all any of them. I just go in there. I yell out for Miss Abzi and make 20 friends immediately because people are going to walk and be like, that's my favorite dish too. I love how my mom makes it. I like it with this and that. It's just like points of connection, I think. And um, sharing a meal together is such an intimate thing, right? So, yeah, I feel, I feel like that's the connection with community and food. And, I'm not uh, sure I understand. Oops, Siri. <laughs> you have to walk, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was just Siri that you caught my voice. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think just, just food is great. Community is great. Life is great. <laughs> everything is great. God yeah, damn it. It's, it's true. But yeah. Once you once you wrote, my biggest accomplishment in life is breaking my left wrist three times and convincing my teachers that I am left-handed three times. My classmates had to write my essays for me for months. Is it the best example of how you usually delegate stuff? No, it's a terrible example of how I delegate stuff. It was just like. Um... The first time I broke my left hand, my teacher walked up to me and they were like, oh, you're left-handed, you can't do your essays anymore, right? And in my head, it, I did like a calculation in my head. It's like, I'm not left-handed at all. I can continue writing my own essays, but she thinks I'm left-handed, so I don't have to write my own essays. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. And then in my school, like I was in the second grade, we didn't write anything crazy. So she just told my best friend, write his things for him, like let him dictate it out to you. And then I broke my hand again the next year. And again, it was the left one. And I convinced another teacher it was the left hand. It was just like, it was just so much fun because my friends would get so annoyed, but they also wouldn't snitch, you know? You don't go to the teacher and like, no, he's actually right-handed. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. It is such a great accomplishment. Honestly, I'm proud. Yeah. Had, had teachers ever found out that you are right-handed? No, that's it. And by the time they found out, it was too late. It was too <laughs> late. What are you going to do? <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, how do you feel about delegating stuff? I think pretty good, actually. Like... Um, we had during the like life of waves while I was at university, we had a lot of like people just working with us, you know, like other students who wanted to do like entrepreneurial stuff. So they worked with us. And um, I have this thing where I always blame everything on myself, where it might sound bad, but I think it is a great thing. So for example, when I ask someone to perform a task and they don't like it or they, they're bad at it, I, in my head, it's, it's never like, oh, this person is just a bad person. In my head, it's always like, it's me. Like, I have to do something. Like, if if the person working for me isn't motivated, doesn't mean that they're a lazy person. It means that I need to motivate them. I need to do something to make them just, just like, be happy like I am, right? Um, and this helped me, like, build a lot of empathy with people. So when I delegate tasks, 
it's never just like the task that I'd give to people. I have a reason for giving that specific person that specific task. On top of just giving them the task, I make it very clear that my goals are so obvious that you don't have to spend a second even thinking about what I want. And number three is I make sure that their goals also work with this. So for example, if we had a lot of young people working with us, like university students like myself, who at some point wanted to go ahead and become marketers or developers and whatever. And even with boring tasks that I gave them, I always made sure to explain that this is a skill. Like this is going to help you. This is going to help you be a better marketer because of this and that. And that's how everyone became motivated. And um, I honestly think I'm good at delegating tasks and motivating people because everyone who's worked with me on Waste is doing something awesome now. Have you ever thought about becoming a motivational coach? No, not at all. Hate it. Absolutely not. Like, I absolutely hate it. Whenever I see a motivational quote somewhere, I want to cringe. Motivational speakers, I just can't. Like, they walk up on the stage and they get paid for saying I should be happier. And like, oh, you, if you do this, you can do that. And like, this is how you can make billions. It's like, why are you on the stage? Go make those billions. Damn. <laughs> hate it. You know, how do you make a million dollars? Just collect 1,000 people and ask them to pay $1,000. <laughs> It's simple. Yeah, so... Exactly. <laughs> Or just be born rich. It's not that hard. Yeah. Once you wrote, and we had this conversation before, that living in London is overrated. What so do overrated. you feel about London? Okay, so... There's marketing that happens for cities, right? Like universities want to get the kids to those cities. Um, and that marketing happened on me, of course. Like I was a student and I had the means. I was privileged enough to be able to come to a place like London. So what they do is they hype up this city so much. They say there's so many opportunities here. There's all of the amazing companies are here. Look, our city has so much history. The only picture they show you is of the nicest street, right? They don't show you all the other parts that are completely messed up. They don't tell you that taxes are high. They don't tell you that, yeah, there's tons of opportunities, but there's 10 times more competition for those opportunities. They don't tell you that we have the highest living expenses and the lowest wages. London is overrated. So overrated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could go on forever, but London has caught me thought about moving somewhere yeah switzerland um zurich because my girlfriend is from switzerland so she would be closer to her parents and i speak german so i could live in zurich pretty easily um living expenses are probably just as high as they are in london maybe even higher but the salaries are like twice as much literally twice as much um and taxes so low in switzerland yeah Hmm, it's interesting. And have you have you tried living in Switzerland so far? No, I haven't. Um, well, now I can't go because now I have a job. Um, but I know that I won't live in London forever. I think. Once you wrote, the worst thing about a productive day is that you realize how much work is needed to get very little done. Does the huge amount of work demotivate you? No, never. Like, um, 
No, it never does. Honestly, I, I wake. The reason why I'm happy is because every morning I could wake up and be excited about my work. Um, and a huge list, a huge to-do list never makes me sad, honestly. Um, I'm lucky that I like what I do. I'm lucky that I got into a rhythm of doing what I do and like crazy 12 hour days just just started feeling normal now but um i i love it i'm so privileged i'm so lucky but yeah how do you prioritize tasks <laughs> i use a framework it's called like lno so l tasks are tasks where one hour of your time is going to give you 10 hours of value um, And task is one hour of time is going to give you one hour of value, and then all the tasks one hour of time less um, than one hour of value. So that's how I divide it. Um, so I always make sure that I know which tasks are really worth it for me to spend a lot of time on, and which tasks is it okay to not be perfect? You know, imagine it's so simple. Imagine you have a meeting with your coworkers, same level as you. You're not talking about anything special. You shouldn't spend like an hour on the meeting notes. But if you have a presentation and a meeting with the CEO and everyone who's important in the company, maybe you should spend an hour on the meeting notes. So that's why I make sure that uh, I spend most of my time on the tasks that really deserve a lot of like thought. Do you like surfing? I never surf, ever. <laughs> Why did why did you name the tool you are building Waves? We the first version of Waves. We made a sale to a company before the product was ready, and they asked us um, who they should send the money to, or who who they should sign it under, or whatever. Like who should they say our name is? And we didn't have a name, so we were just like uh, Waves. And then it happened. <laughs> That's it. How did you decide to build Waves? I was building a community. So the Waves that we have right now is completely different from the original Waves when we started. I was I had a community, um, and in that community, I just did some data analysis. I spoke to members, and I realized that we need a new community initiative, which was grouping, dividing our whole community, splitting it up into smaller groups of like 10 people. And once we killed our large community and turned into many small communities, our growth, it, it exploded. It really exploded. We were so many. Um, and we, we just turned that into a product of matching people into groups of like 10 people. And uh, that was the startup waves. And when we wanted to build that product, we pivoted in January. So like current waves isn't very old. We pivoted in January because... We just didn't want to build that old product anymore. It was so much work. I, I literally looked at the amount of things we needed to do, and I was like, nah, not doing this. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite Ectimel flower? Flavor, not flower. God damn it. How do you know? Oh, you, you really read my tweets. All right. Yeah. Uh, favorite Ectimel? <sighs> Strawberry. Gotta stick to strawberry. So good. So good. You know, I also don't understand why they are so small size. I don't know. It's strange, but it feels like never enough. 
Exactly. I give them all my money. Literally all my money. <laughs> what are your relationships? What are your relationships with K-pop? A lot of respect. I watch those videos. Everyone is so in sync. And everyone just looks so good. Everyone looks great. Like, the boys are beautiful. The girls are beautiful. Everyone's beautiful. I don't get it. Um, but yeah, that's my relationship with K-pop. Um, my girlfriend and I, we really love to go to, like, Korean stores because they sell very exciting stuff, right? We, we like to get mochis and whatever. And they always have a big screen where they play K-pop songs. So I walk into the store and I want to buy stuff. Then I just look at the screen like that for like hours. It's like, uh, uh, K-pop, nice. <laughs> so yeah, so good. I lost you, I think. Yeah, I guess we came back. Is it okay <laughs> right now? Yeah. That's exactly how it works, you know, connection is never stable. I don't know, it's like 2022, but we still have internet connection problem. I don't know what's going on in the world. Have you ever done a stand-up? No, I haven't. Would you like to? No, not at all. I'm not funny like that. I can't tell a joke. I can't. How do you write articles? What is your step-by-step -step process? I do research. I do a lot of research. Um, always like reading 10 other articles about the same topic, going through every Slack community that I know, looking for people speaking about this topic. And once I have all of the information, um, I close my computer, I get my phone, I record myself speaking for like 10 minutes, and then I just take my words and I write it down into the article. Um, so I always do speech to text because it really helps me write quick. Um, and yeah, so the way I write my articles is also the way I speak. But I'm stopping the article writing, like not stopping it, but making it a little bit less because, as you said, there's no 48 hour, 80, 48 hours in a day. Yeah, I, I can totally feel you because I do articles once a week oh. and it's become really hard. So, yeah, yeah I totally understand what you are talking about. Oh, and uh, once you wrote that, once you wrote that opening a friend's newsletter, so they never catch you in the least engaged reader section do you read every newsletter of your friends i read basically no newsletters of my friends there's very few ones that i read so for example i always read the rosie land newsletters um i read a bunch of newsletters but when you're in the startup scene and you're like a young founder everyone has a newsletter everyone and their mom has a newsletter <laughs> I signed up to so many newsletters and I know that they're not huge. So if I unsubscribe, I know they will see my name in the unsubscribe. So I just open it and then I can <laughs> move on. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Do you use filters in mail? No, not at all. I never 
took the time to set up filters for my email, so I get everything in the same place. So it can automate your reading time. <laughs> it could, but it's like I don't know. There's some things that I will never learn, and email is one of those things. You know, Kuresh, I wish to have the sky as the limit to our conversation, but time is the limit. So let's jump to the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Oh, shit. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Cleaning while cooking or later? What? Oh, cleaning while cooking. You read my tweets. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> okay. Alone or with someone? Alone, always. What are your favorite color and song? Color uh, blue. Um, I'm, I'm a basic bitch. It's blue. Uh, my favorite song is Everlasting Light by... No, no, no. I don't know. This is so hard. Yeah, it's definitely uh, hard. Yeah, um, Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. Got it. If you were a superhero, what superpower would you have? Making myself invisible. <laughs> Who do you learn from in the community world? Name one person. Yuri. <laughs> you cheated. Okay. Uh, name two people whose community life journey you are happy to hear about. Who I basically have to talk to. Mm, it would be cool if someone asked you all of these questions. I feel. Speak to Michael Hall. I think uh, Michael Hall, who's building Savannah HQ, is awesome. Definitely. Um, and yeah, then there's... Yeah, I just really want to hear Michael Hall and Matt, Matt, the founder of Envision. Um, so, yeah. Got it. Is there one question I definitely should have asked you, but didn't? You asked me so many. This was so much fun. I don't know how you do it, but every time I speak to you and I'm on a Zoom call with you, I'm happy. I'm not someone who likes to talk. I hate meetings or anything, but with you, I'm always happy. Um, a question you should have asked me. Something that annoys me about community, maybe. Or something that just makes me... Not you ask me what makes me angry. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Ask me about the food I dislike the most. So what food do you dislike the most? Courgette. I don't know what you call them, but courgette, it's, um, you know, the green aubergines, the green counterpart to aubergine. <sighs> I forgot. Uh, zucchini. Zucchini. I hate zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I see. I will, I, I promise I will never bring you a zucchini. So yeah. That's you better it. not. So Kurosh, thank you very much for this conversation. It feel like home, you know. I I feel like a kind of very old friend, or even maybe brother, and we meet 
from time to time and talk about different things. It's so easy talking to you. So yeah, thank you for being so open and thank you very much for your time. I really enjoyed our conversation and I believe we'll continue talking to each other. Let's have fun from time to time. <laughs> Sounds good to me, man. Um, and yeah, same. It's, it's always great. It's always a pleasure. And thank you so much. Thank you very much and see you in the community world. Have an amazing see evening. You. See you. <laughs> bye bye.